0: always very significant to observe what the taira, what the laning is on every Yantif. We know that just like every Shabbos, every Parsha is very significant in our lives and nothing is coincidental and that's why Rabbonim, uh, Darshan always from the Sedra to know what exactly uh, transpired during the week to take a message from that. Because we live with the times, we live with the, the Parshias. We also live with the Kriyas HaTayrah and Yam Tayvim. It's also very, very important to always observe what we're laning. Because when we are able to understand the laning of the Yantif every single day, whether it's the first day, the last day of it sort of gives us a, uh, an insight into what the true spirit of that unique day is. The leaning of the first day of Rosh Hashanah is Vashem Pakad sarah The Gemara Megillah and and Alef, gives us a list of what we lean on every Yantif and so the first day of Rosh Hashanah is that Kodesh Baruchel remembered Sarah Sarah was of course an Akara she was a uh, she was not able to have children she was physically not able to conceive. And HaKadosh Baruch on Rosh Hashanah remembered her. V'ashem Pak esar, he remembered her. And he not only remembered her in terms of that he should, uh, that she should be able to have a child, but she actually conceived, Chazal teach us, on Rosh Hashanah itself. So because she conceived on Rosh Hashanah, so we lain Vashem Paket Sarah on the first day of the yam HaDin. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Yudah Beis in fact tells us that not only was Sarah Nifkada, not only was Sarah can, able to conceive on Rosh Hashanah that HaKadosh decided that now is the time that she's able to have a child but other HaKaris as well that on Rosh Hashanah, Sarah, Rochel, and Hannah, all three of these great women who were all Akharis, they all were somehow miraculously able on Rosh Hashanah to have a child, even though previously they were not. It wasn't that they, it, they physically were not able to have children, and suddenly HaKadosh decided on Rosh Hashanah that their fate should be different, that they should be able to have children. And that's why, by the way, the aftira of the first day of Rosh Hashanah, to complement V'ashem we lane the, first, the beginning of Shmuel, which speaks about the birth of Shmuel from his mother, Chana, who was Nifkida on Rosh Hashanah. Just parenthetically, it's a very big, uh, if you believe in Segulis, or even if you don't believe in Segulis, it's a very big skula to if a person doesn't have a child uh, to either lane the havtayra of Chana mafter of Chana or uh, or to uh, or to pay for somebody to lane. Uh, for many years, I I uh, people. This is not about me. This is about Chana. But um, people bought that Haftira who needed children, and I lamed it. And that year, I think maybe four or five children were born in, in subsequent years. There's something very powerful about Maftir Chana. One of them who was not able to have children for many years. They had twin girls that year and one of them, they named Chana. So whenever I see this Talmud of mine, I said, where's Khana? She's mine. She's mine. The other one you could keep. Chana is mine. But uh, Chana, that's a, it's a very powerful haftairo And it's a beautiful havetairah. And the laning of Vashem Paka Desar is also beautiful. And we have to understand exactly why Dafgan Rosh Hashanah is at the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides that women uh, who were Akharahs suddenly are able to have children. What's the, what's the import? When you see a Chaza like that, you want to try to figure out, okay, I understand that in Rosh Hashanah everything is decided. And in fact... On in, in the Sanatike, if we say Kama and it's decided. Everything is decided, including you know how many children will be born this year. But what does it mean? Is there a, a deeper understanding that on Rosh Hashanah, people that were Akkari suddenly are mm-hmm. able to have have children? So I saw in a sefer called Amunasi Techa by R' Wolfson a beautiful pshat. He says the following. He says that. The truth of the matter is that Rosh Hashanah itself as a day is a day that's pregnant with potential. It's a day that's pregnant with potential. Everything that will happen throughout the coming year is paskin on Rosh Hashanah. Not just that it's paskin, It all is created on Rosh Hashanah. Whatever will be Hashem gives the Kayak of the year in Rosh Hashanah. In fact, we say by Tzikiyas right after the Tzikiyas, we say Hayayim Haras Elam. What does it mean, Hayayim Haras Elam? So, I think the Machzareim, maybe teach it that today is the day that the of the birthday of the world, Hayayim Haras Elam. It's the birthday of the world which in, it is in a sense because this is the day the world was created. Rosh Hashanah doesn't mean that the world itself was created. My sabresha started um, six days before Rosh Hashanah but on Rosh Hashanah was the day that Adam was created and Adam is really the birth of the world because that was the tachlis of the world. So Hayim HaRasele means today is the birthday of the world but it really means Harris means ElaShna pregnant. Hayrayayim means pregnancy <laughs> Because Rosh Hashanah is a day that the world is pregnant on the world becomes impregnated as it were on Rosh Hashanah with all the potential of the coming year everything is decided on Rosh Hashanah which is a very I think it's it's frightening in a sense but it's also quite amazing that the greater our Rosh Hashanah is the greater the year will be the more we're able to tap into davening, the more we're able to expect great things to happen to us and to Klal Yisrael. Everything is is on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a—it's not just a yantiv. Rosh Hashanah is the day that you're able to literally change the face of Tavshin Pei The entire year is different based on your Rosh Hashanah. Everything is based on the day of Rosh Hashanah, the potential of the world becomes activated on Rosh Hashanah. What will be this year? Will I get married if I'm in Shidduchim? Will I find that girl finally? If I'm married will I be able to have children? If I have children will I be able to enjoy them? Will I get nachas from them? Will they be uh, going on the right derech, or will they not be going on the right derech? If I'm a bocher in yeshiva will I be able to have a good year? Will I make friends? Will I be able to have a good cashier with my rabeim? Will I be able to uh, to do well in college? Will I be able to have clarity about what career I should be going into? How will my family be? Will my family be happy? Will my family be whole? Will my will Will there be safety in the world? Will there be war? Will there be peace? Will Corona continue? And 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 get stronger or will it be able to finally peter out and we won't have to talk about it day and night anymore what will be with the Matzav in Eretz Yisrael? will there be peace in Eretz Yisrael when is all this decided it's all decided on Rosh Hashanah it was decided last Rosh Hashanah what this year will hold and this Rosh Hashanah this coming week is going to be decided whatever the next year will hold And so it's not a coincidence that the Akaris, that all of the Akaris were nifkida on Rosh Hashanah because everything is nifkida on Rosh Hashanah. It's a day that the world becomes pregnant. The world conceives all its potential for good or for bad. Everything happens on Rosh Hashanah. So it's a perfect day to (laughs) lein mashem paket esara, to lein maftir chana and to daven that just like the Akkaris, whatever was incomplete prior to today was suddenly able to be able to come to fruition. Sarah was able to have Yitzchak Avinu. Chana was able to have Shmuel. Racha was able to have Yasev, to have Binyamin. All of these things happened on Rosh Hashanah and we daven that all of my personal potential should also be unleashed on Rosh Hashanah. I have so much to give the world. I have so much, but I I sometimes feel like I'm not able to express it. I'm not able to have it for some reason. Or yet, I have not been able to conceive all of the good that I have. I haven't had a good year yet. But this year could be that breakthrough year. Whatever I want, whatever I need, whatever I yearn for, I could achieve it with Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the Rosh Hashanah, it's the head of the year. it's the brain of the year. I've seen Bali Musa that say it's sort of like whatever you do in the brain affects the entire body. We know of Chas V'Shalom, a person who has brain surgery. So if the surgeon slips up a mashu, if Chas V'Shalom, the scalpel, you know, goes a, a centimeter off, that could affect the person's eyesight, it could affect his hearing, it could affect his, his walking, his talking, his processing. It's such a sensitive area, the, the head, the brain, and that's what Rosh Hashanah is. Rosh Hashanah is the sensitive day of the year that we could do amazing things or we could have not an amazing year and everything is riding on Rosh Hashanah. That's why in Rosh Hashanah they say not to, uh, you know, not not to sleep so much. Could sleep a little bit, but if somebody sleeps too much and it's like uh, I'm, I'm speaking about during the day, you know, after davening is over, you know, da- the Manal always says after davening. I'm sure he will say it this year as well that you know it doesn't mean that you should go back to your rooms and uh, you know people are so from not to sleep on Rosh Hashanah afternoon. So they. They they play Monopoly or something, uh, you know, in the dorms. That's not the point. It's better to sleep, you know, than to do other, to shmooze and to speak Lashon Hara and to play board games or whatever. That's not Rosh Hashanah. So if you're going to do that, it's much better to sleep. But the reason why you're not supposed to sleep if you can avoid sleeping is because... Every second of Rosh Hashanah is brain surgery. You don't want to try to maximize whatever you're supposed to be doing on Rosh Hashanah. If you can learn, you can dab and you say tell him, you, you think, you take a walk, you, you process what's going on. Rosh Hashanah is a day that everything, everything is hanging in the balance, and the more that you're able to do good on Rosh Hashanah and connect with the Rebbein Yisraelim, the greater it is. I was just telling my son, I was just speaking to him on the phone, he's in Eretz well. And he asked me to tell him a uh, vart. So I, I told him, you know, something I'm going to say probably tomorrow. But the sight is that that when you're standing in front of the rabbi Shalom, it has to be kolchem. Atam ni ayayim kolchem. You have to be all in. On Rosh Hashanah, when you're standing in front of the rabbi Shalom, it doesn't... You can't have half a brain and half of this and half of that. You have to be all in. There's a mice with a stipler that... The stipler was walking in Benebrak, and he saw this young, young boy, like maybe an 11, 12 year old boy, and he was holding a, a big safer on Rosh Hashanah morning. So the stipler said to him, he gave him a musashmuz, he says, You know, today is not a day of learning Gemara. He thought it was a Gemara, he's holding a big safer. He says, Today is not a day of learning Gemara, today is a day of, of davening. Rosh Hashanah, Yim Kippur, it's a day, obviously you can learn in the afternoons, but in the, don't, it's a day to daven, it's a day to connect with the rabbi Hashem, to be kolchem lufnei Hashem, and, the, and this, this little kid shows him that um, it's not a gemara, it's like a big machzer, it's one of the, he said, it, my, it's from my grandfather, my grandfather uh, can't see so clearly, so it's the, the big print machzer, it looks like a gemara, but it's really a, a massive machzer. So stipler felt very bad, that he gave Musser without it being, a, you know, without without it being, you know, deserved. So he found out who this boy is, and he found out, like, when his bar mitzvah was, and the day that, he never saw this boy before, but he made it his business that when it was his bar mitzvah affair, so he came special, he was waiting, and he went up, and when the stipler comes into a, a, a simcha, it was like, a huge deal and uh, he goes up to the bar mitzvah boy which is a mazel tov, and he says when you're a katan you're, uh, you're not able to be meichal yet it's a, a katan is la bar mechila he says I, I waited with bated breath until you became a bar mitzvah that I should come and I should ask you mechila for what I did wrong to you but the point of the story, besides for the for the great uh, amazing uh, ability for the stifler to be machnia himself to a child to to ask mechila, is that it's really a day that that's earmarked for connection with the rabbi Nisham. It's a day that we're that we're kolchem Hashem that, 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 that we're all in that our whole ramacheyvar, marshasagidem, everything that we have we have to be completely. Focused, because every second of Rosh Hashanah might be the difference between good and bad in the world and in our lives, in our community, in our family. It's a day of tremendous seriousness. It's a serious day. It's a day of, of simcha. There's an element of simcha, of course. We should be, you know, happy. It's a wonderful day, but it's also a day that we have to be very, very sober, realizing what the stakes are. That's the for chaim the mesim. Sukhim lefanenu that the books of life and the books of death are are in front of us. It's a, it's a, it's an opportunity, but it's a it's a great achrayas. Now, how are we able to trigger this? Like, what's the secret to be able to to be nifgad on Rosh Hashanah? That whatever we want, Hakadosh Baruch should enable us to get. Is there like a trick to that? Is there a way that we could, we could make HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we could move HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we should be like the Imois? We should be able to conceive our potential on Rosh Hashanah. How do we do that? Like what's the trick to be able, we need so much, what's the trick to be able to convince HaKadosh Baruch that we're worthy of receiving this great bracha and Tav pebez? And I think that the concept of psichas harechem, the opening of the womb of a woman, of the Akaris, is very closely related to psichas harechemim. Rechem and rachemim are the same root. When a person is able to show compassion, mercy, rachemim on, other, on others, that enables the psichas the, the the womb of potential the ability to have what we want, assuming that it's for the good, it's for our good, it's for the rabbinic Shalom's good, it's unleashed by being able to show rachamim. If we're compassionate, caring people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be compassionate on us. And this is true, of course, the whole year, but it's especially true on Rosh Hashanah. Now, the first thing that we have to have compassion on is the Rabbeinu Sholem. And this is a very hard concept for us to understand, because what does that mean? Our Baruch needs our compassion. But this is a very important thing. People ask me all the time, what should I daven for on Rosh Hashanah? When you're standing and davening, what are you davening for? Like, what do you, what's your main, what's the thrust of Tfilas and Rosh Hashanah? Now, I think a lot of us right away, you know, jump in and we start davening for ourselves. Like, okay, here's what I need. Here's a laundry list. You know, like somebody, I once had a, a friend who was like a little bit of a, of a let's and he said that he's bachor, who's in shiduchim you know, when he's davening, Rosh Hashanah says like this, ubechein tein like every single word is shiduch That's the whole davening is about my shiduch or about... You know, at every stage in life, whatever you need, you're davening like Rosh Hashanah. You realize that it's all it's all being decided today. So you 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 jump right into Shemini Estra and you get to the you know you cut to the chase and say well, this is what I need X Y and Z. But the truth is that if you read the Machzer, the Machzer tells you exactly what you need to be davening for. It's not like a you know, we don't have to divine what we're supposed to be davening for. Read the words of the machzer. The machzer is our map to know what we're supposed to be davening for. So what does the machzer tell us to daven for? On Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, it's all pretty much identical davenings. I'm not talking about the musaf's of Malchus, Akhenis, and Shevus. I'm talking about the body of the tefillah starting from Uvachain. Uvachain ten Uvachain Sadikim, Uvachain... Uh, all of these Uvachains, that's the primary thrust of davening. What are those tefillahs? All those of v'cheins. What is that? If you look at it, it's basically a, a request. It's a, it's a tefillah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bring Mashiach. And when Mashiach comes, everything is going to be amazing. We're going to have all of the goyim of the world. They're going to have fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're going to recognize as Malchus, tzadikim, v'chein tzadikim, yiru smachu that tzadikim are going to be happy and be comfortable in their own in their own world that they deserve to be. They're not gonna feel chased and and oppressed. They're gonna feel at home in this world. It's basically a tefillah that Akrishparchu should be able to have a iskalus, that his he should be able to be revealed for the king for the king that he truly is. The job of Rosh Hashanah is to be Mamluch Akhrishparchu as a melech. We're proclaiming we are. We are inaugurating HaKadosh Baruch we're coronating HaKadosh Baruch as our king. But at the same time, we recognize that HaKadosh Baruch kingship is not complete. It should be. He deserves to be the king that everybody recognizes, but it's not complete yet because Mashiach is not here. You look on the top of Harabayis, you see a, a gold uh, mosque, a dome, and you see Arabs worshipping on, on, on the Makkim HaKeda, on the Makkim of, uh, of the HaMariya, that means that we're not there yet. And Akarishparchu, the Shkinta is Begalusa. Akarishparchu is not at home. He's here, he's in Argentina, he's in Brazil, he's in, uh, he's in Russia, he's not at home. His Malchus is not Bishle Musa. So the very first thing and the primary thrust of our Tfilah on Rosh Hashanah is to cry and to daven for That's really what the tefillahs are telling us. If we don't do that, and all we're concerned about is ourselves, so the Svarim HaKadoshim say that that's like a dog who basically you know, just keeps on jumping like with his hands like this and he says have have which means give give i need this i need uh, i need money i need a shidduch i need to get a job i need to uh, i need to feed my family i need to uh, I, I need to have children i need to, that's like a dog just asking for his own personal needs ignoring the needs of the rabanim the needs of the rabanim are great how Baruch needs his Shechinta to be back on HaMaria with the Shechina being Masha in all its glory. And that the whole world should recognize who he is. Everyone should recognize how Baruch is the Melech. Right now that's not the case. We know that that's not the case. It's the world that is very hidden from the fact that the Rav is the Melech. So the very first order of business is to have compassion and sympathy for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he is the Melech. Daven for him, cry for him a little bit on Rosh Hashanah. And when you cry for him, you know what happens? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you have compassion on me, I'm going to give you whatever you want. I'm opening up all the doors, all the Rachamim, with your Rachamim that you have on me. The mushal that I like to give about this is that a child comes home and he sees his father sad and he says, Tati, what's wrong? So he says, uh, I lost my job today and now it's going things are going to get tight. I have to find a new job. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be hard. So the boy says, um, does that mean that I don't get my bicycle that you promised me for Afi Kaiman? Obviously, that's not the right response. That's not what a child should be doing. A child should be hugging his father, kissing his father, giving his father chizuk that things are going to be okay, you'll see, you're going to get a great job, Hashem is you know, running things and things will get better. And then, when they do get better, or even before they get better, the father is going to give the child whatever he wants because the child was in touch with him. On Rosh Hashanah, when we show HaKadosh Baruch that we care about him, and we're Davening for Him that the primary thrust of our Twilas is a I'm Like, I put your fear in the world, bring Mashiach, make everything good again. I care about you. Then Akarishbach is gonna give us whatever we need. Akarishbach knows better than we do what we need. You could also, the Bali Mustas say, throw in at different points in Davening what you do need. Because recognizing that it is a day that Hakadosh Baruch is giving out everything or deciding on everything, it would almost be a chesaron and a muna to not say Hakadosh Baruch By the way, I I like you know I'd like this or I'd need that. I think that I'd be a much better eved Hashem. I'd be a better subject in your malchus if I would have X, Y, and Z, if I'd be able to hapshir a little more, if I'd be able to, you know, have a, have a better family life, if I'd be able to find the shidduch, if I'd be able to uh, have a little bit more money in my pocket, I could do better, I could do, I could do more. That's fine. But the primary thing on Rosh Hashanah is to have rachamim. And when we have rachamim and Hashem, then Hashem will have rachamim. He will open up, He'll have a psichas racham for us in all that we need. But first we have to shahakadosh our rachamim. This sensitivity is, of course, not just the rabbinic shalom, but it's a sensitivity on Rosh Hashanah and beyond for others as well. Sari Meinu was, as we said, nifkadah. She, con- she conceived on Rosh Hashanah, and there is an amazing chazal. Chazal say that the day that she was nifkadah, the day that she conceived, all the akharis in the world conceived as well. Every woman that wanted a child and that wasn't able to have one, they suddenly conceived as well, and they all had a, a, a child around the same time as Yitzchak was born. So why is that? Why was that a necessary thing? You know why that was necessary? So the Bali Musr say that if let's Sarah was such a sensitive person, that if she would have a child, and all the people that were, you know, were in her Chabura of not having children, all those other akaras did not conceive along with her, then her simcha would not be complete. Her simcha was only, and Hashem wanted her simcha to be complete, so the only reason why he made all the other akaris have a baby that day, that day, is because so that Sarah should enjoy the fact that she's having a child. That's the great sensitivity that Sarimenu Imenu had. She wasn't happy with just herself. She had compassion on others as well. Rachel Imenu also conceived her in Rosh Hashanah also. There was no greater, more sensitive human being in the world than Rachel Imenu. Look at what she did for her sister Leah. Leah was older than her and Leah was supposed to marry Esau and Rachel Imenu was supposed to marry Yaakov, but Lavan, their father, uh, was going to pull a trick, and she, he was going to put Leah instead of Rachel under the chuppah. And Yaakov and Rachel knew that, or they they thought that that might happen. So they made a secret password between themselves. And he would ask her under the chuppah with her veil on, like you know, what's the password? She would say it. And if it wasn't, if she didn't say the password, then he wouldn't proceed with the with the chuppah. Now. Rachel, after they made that deal, Rachel and Yaakov, Rachel thought, I don't want my sister to be embarrassed. My sister Leah is going to stand there under the chuppah and then she's not going to know the password and then she'll be humiliated in front of everybody. I can't do that to her. So Rachel Imena was willing and she gave up her entire potential to be married to Yaakov and to have children with Yaakov to give up being the Akeras the, Habayas, the mother of Kual Yisrael, all so that her sister Leah would not be embarrassed. The sensitivity of Rachel Imenu is what enabled her to, that HaKadosh Baruch should have compassion on her. So the more compassion that we have for other people, the more HaKadosh will see that and, and have compassion on us and give us what we need. In the shul of Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnenfeld, who was the Rav of Yerushalayim, you know, back a uh, hundred years ago, maybe more. So there was a bal musaf. His name was Rabbi Nachum, and he davened every single year musaf on Yom Tov. And one year he died very suddenly, not long before Rosh Hashanah. And the shul approached Rabbi Yisuf Chaim and says, okay, we need to get a replacement for Abnachim. He was nifter, tragedy, we wish he was here, he's not. We need to find a replacement. Who's going to daven stead?" He said, don't worry about it, I'm on it. I'm taking care of it. What do you mean? We have a committee, and there's no committees. I'm the rov here, I'm going to take care of it, don't worry. Okay? So they waited another week. It was close a week closer to Rosh Hashanah. Still they didn't get any details from Chaim who the Baltfila was. They they wanted to know already who's the Baltfila? Don't worry about it. I'm on it. Rosh Hashanah morning came. And they asked him, okay, who, who's the who's the about? Don't worry. I got it. So finally it was right at the point of starting Musaf, right after Kriya Satara, the Mafti Khanna. And now was the time to for the Musaf to go up. They all all eyes were on Rabbi of Chaim's Anfeld. And Ruby Sof Chaim goes over to Ibn Nachum's son. Ibn Nachum's son was not the world's biggest Baltfilah, his father was a big Baltfila, he wasn't, but you know, you could do the job, I guess. And He said, he gave him the talus, he says, or he had the talus, he said, go up to Musaf." So he says, I'm not prepared. He says, trust me, you're it. You're prepared. You could do it. Go. And the shul started getting a little bit upset because they weren't, uh, you know, so they basically went to Rabbi Yisuf Chaim and they said to him, you know, we understand, you know, that it's Reb Nachim's son, you want to, you want to keep it in the family, maybe, but the halacha is that an oval is not supposed to daven uh, on Rosh Hashan Kippur. If a person's in a state of Avelis, if it's the year of his Avelis, he's not supposed to daven for the omen, Rosh Kipper, Kippur. You have to get somebody else. So Rabbi Yosef Chaim said, I think I know the halacha. I appreciate you guys telling me that the Mishnah, Bar- I, I think I'm aware of the halacha. He says, but there is a caveat in the halacha that unless there's no one else to daven but this person, then he could daven. If there's no, if there's, if there's no one else that could daven, he's the man. You have to appoint him on, on Rosh Hashanah Kippur. He has to be the chazan. They said, okay, but there are other people. He said, no. He says, in the Ezra's Nashim is Rav Nachim Zalmana. Rav Nachim Zalmana is sitting there. She just lost her husband not too long ago. Imagine the devastation that she would feel if somebody, a stranger, now is davening Muslim instead of her beloved husband. But now that we are appointing Reb Nachum's son, she's going to feel so good about herself. She's going to feel, Baruch Hashem, my, my husband, we have a my, we have a makam, we have a successor, my husband's place is, 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 is still here. As far as she's concerned, there's no one but him. There's no one in the whole world that could daven for the Ahmad but him. And so for her to be sensitive to an almana, that an almana should feel good about herself on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, it's all could That even an aval could daven for the Ahmad because there is no one but him as far as she's concerned. That's an example of sensitivity on Rosh Hashanah. And the more sensitive that we're able to be on Rosh Hashanah, and not just Rosh Hashanah, this isn't a for Rosh Hashanah, obviously it's a Kabbalah that we're making to be sensitive throughout our whole year, throughout our whole lives. The importance of being a sensitive human being. Thinking not just about me, not just about what I need, but what does the Rabbi Hashanah need? What does my fellow Yid need? What do other people need? That's not a, necessarily a natural thing for us because naturally we are self-absorbed. That's the way we're wired. We, we think about ourselves a lot. And we, and that's normal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made us that way. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to eat. And we have to sleep. And we have to do well in school. And we have to do well in cheer. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects more from us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not just create us for ourselves like the famous line of... Uh, of Reb Chaim Malajner, that's quoted by his son in the Hakdamat Tanefesh HaChayim, he says that my father always used to say, Reb Chaim Malajner, the founder of the yeshiva movement, used to always say that, Ha'adam loy nivra. Man was not created just for himself. If you think that Hashem created you just for your own little Dalad amas, you're wrong. Ki mahaya la'achrini HaKadosh created me and he created you to help others in any ability that you can, any way that you can. If you can help others in sheer, to help get shir, you can help them uh, if they're sick in the dorm and you want to bring them a meal. Mm-hmm. If you want to give tzedakah, you want to join Hatzal, you want to join Chaveim, you want to start a chesed gemach, you want to start a, a tzedakah. To help others is why we're here. We're not here just for ourselves to, to ensure that we are good, that, that my, I'm doing well, Baruch Hashem, I got everything in order, whatever I want to do, career-wise, family-wise, that I'm good. A person has to give and care and, and have compassion and sympathy on others. And that's why we're put here. There's a story with the the brother of the Imre Emes, the great Ger-Rebbe. Was, the Svas Emes' son was the Imre Emes. He took over for his father. The Imre Emes had a younger brother by the name of Ramesha Bitzalel. And Ramesha Bitzalel, um, who was named that name because he was born in the Parsha, I think, by Truma. So his father, Svas Emes, took Mesha and Bitzalel from the Parsha, and he named his son that. So, Ramesh Sala was appointed by his brother, the Imre Emes, to be the Baal in the big Gera Shtibel, in the big Gera Shul. And normally, Ramesh HaBetzal was a great Baal He blew the Sheifer with an amazing strength and power to fill the whole Shul and to, and to inspire people. One year, for some reason, it didn't go. Sometimes, you know, you have a great Sheifer and you're feeling good and everything goes well. And then, there are some years you go to shul in the, the Baltic, hey, Mamish can't get a, a, a whimper out of the shaifer. It was like very, very schwach that year for some reason. And Ramesh B'tzal, after the after the t'kias were over, felt very bad. And he walked away from the bima like, boy, I blew it. You know, my, my brother expected me to, to have a really geshmaka t'kias this year, and, and it just, like, I, I just came out like a whimper. I wasn't able to really blow with a t'kif. With a so being the sensitive soul that the Imramas was he walks over to his brother and he says, I want to tell you a vart from Bunim of Pshischa, the great Rebbe of Bunim of Pshischa, which Ger really came from Pshischa. So he said, I want to tell you a beautiful vart. He used to say that we say over Ubashar the Kul de Daka that with a great shaifer, a great shayfer will be blasted like in Shemayim by the malachim. The kol de'mamadaka nishma, and and a very silent sound is heard. So, Rabbi Simcha used to say, homiletically, with a yitaka that when a when a gadol when a batayr when a tzaddik blows a shaifer, then sometimes it could even be. The called mamadaka that even if it's like a whimper, even if it's a shvachat but it still works. You're a gadol. It's b'sheifer gadol yitaka, so don't worry about the fact that it's called mamadaka. Your called mamadaka is more powerful than any other shaifer in the world. Great kiyah, and he made him feel good about himself. He had sensitivity to his brother. Rabbi David Feinstein was nifter this year. And it was a, a tremendous loss for Claudius, Rabdavid was Mamisha, uh, you know, is, uh, the, the son of Ramesha Feinstein, the Malamakim. He knew all the Psakim of Ramesha. Ramesha says you could go to him to rely you could rely on him. Anything that he says is like as if I said it. He knows my psakim better than I do. And Rabdavid David Feinstein, with all his greatness, as Rashiva of Masifta Tfaraz Yushalaim, his father's yeshiva. He was a brilliant Paisic, a brilliant Talmud Chacham, a person that learned Yem But greater than his godless in learning and his Messiah from his father was his great Anivas. He wore simple clothing. He only, you know, he wore, he just, he dressed like with a down hat. He didn't wear an up hat. He didn't wear, he didn't, like, he didn't act like, a, like he could have. And he wore, a, you know, he wore a regular suit he didn't wear a, a, a frock he was just a very simple he just he th- it was very very simple it was said by the Levias for him that it would be him of all people that would fill the soda machines in yeshiva there was like a soda machine in, in MTJ a vending machine right outside of his office the sodas would be kept in there all the cans of sodas would be kept in his office you can imagine that and, uh, and he himself would go and open the soda machine and fill the sodas, you know. And they'd ask him, like, can't somebody else do it? There, there surely must be somebody besides for the That He says, what's the big deal? I don't mind doing it. Somebody's got to do it. It's a job. I'll do it. He didn't mind. He was such a, an an anav. And one Rosh Hashanah, there was a, a mother with a baby in Shul, in Yeshiva, and the father went over to David, and said that you know, my wife needs a place to, you know, take care of the baby. I don't know, if to nurse the baby or to change the baby, whatever. And there's no private area in yeshiva. Would it be possible that the Rashiva give me the key to his office and, you know, she could, she could be metapal with the baby there? So sure, of course, no problem. He gives him the key to the office. And this is like by Kriyas HaTayra, by Mafti and whenever. And, uh, and, and that was it. Then, it start, then it's time for the Tkiyas. And Reb David was the, was the Makri, the, Reb David was the one that was going to say Tkiya, Shvarim, Truah, etc. to the, to the Baltikeya. And everybody was the heightened moment, you know, everybody, that's like the, the highlight of Rosh Hashanah for many people when you're about to start the Tkiyas you now all eyes are on Reb David and waiting for him to start being Makri and to give the, the signal for the Baltikeya to, uh, to start the Brachas. And Reb David is like waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and then he like calls over the father. He says, is your wife done? We're waiting for her to finish with the baby before we start the tikiya. Reb David Feinstein was concerned about a mother with a baby in his office that she, shouldn't hear, she should not miss the tikiya. So the entire yeshiva had to wait until she was done so that the tikkias could begin. That's an incredible sensitivity. That's the time to do. Rosh Hashanah is the time. The more sensitive that we are, the market. You think who wasn't affected? You think that the the cold mamadaka of that Rosh Hashanah wasn't the loudest shayfer gadol yitaka? Tell you one more Mesa. The Admar... Of Radishitz, one of the great Hasidic masters from Radoshitz. So he had a very big Hasidus and there was a chassid that he had that his wife could not have a baby. Many, many years went by and she was not able to conceive. And, and he came every year to the Rebbe Rosh Hashanah time and he said, Rebbe, I really need a child. And every year it just didn't go. So one year... The Rebbe said to him, You know, for some reason my tzfilas are not working for you. He says, But I have a brother who is in a different city, and he's a big tzaddik, a very, very big tzaddik, and he's able many times to be Paul yeshuas to, to, do, to do miracles for people. And maybe it's Kedai this Rosh Hashan, instead of coming to me, you're down by my brother in a different shtetl, in a different shtetl, and, uh, and hopefully you'll have that. He says, You sure? He says, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Rosh Hashanah comes along and this chassid, instead of going to the Rebbe's brother, comes into, into the shul, into the, into the Rebbe's base Medrash and he davens in his seat. He comes to his seat and he's davening there again. And the Rebbe calls him over. The Rebbe says, I thought I, thought I told you you should go to my brother. He says, I know, and I was going to. He says, but then I thought about it, that let's say your brother is successful in me being able to have a child this year, my wife and I being able to have a child this year. What would people say? People would say that the Rebbe himself is not Pahal and finally, after all these years, when he went to his brother, now he was able to have a child. Maybe the Rebbe's brother is greater than the Rebbe. He says, if one person would say that about you, he says, it's not to for me to have a child if it causes you any, any busha, any busyness as a result of me. I appreciate the fact that you wanted me to go there, but I can't do it. I'm not able to do it in any way to, to taint the Rebbe's reputation in any which way. And that year, this person had a child. In the zhus of the sensitivity that we have for others, that we care about others, that we think about others, HaKadosh Baruch will give us what we want, to assuming that it's what we need. Rosh Hashanah is a day that was nifkada Sarah, Rachel, Chana. It's a day that the world becomes Hayyam Harasayim. the world becomes full of potential, all the potential of the world is unlocked on Rosh Hashanah. But it's only unlocked if we are able to be rachamim, if we ourselves are able to unlock our hearts to care about other people. Just as a practical application of this on Rosh Hashanah, think about what your friends need. So you have to think about what you need. But you think about what your friends need as well. You know that there's a person in Yeshiva that's having a hard time with whatever it whatever it is, everybody in Yeshiva is having a hard time with something. I've been a mashkiach long enough to know that, you know, sometimes you see people in yeshiva and you think, okay, you know, I think they, they're good. They have it all, you know, they're doing well on this this front, that front, that front. And then you begin to, you know, speak to them a little bit, you on them, and you know, and you realize that what you thought was fine was really not fine. Sometimes they're the ones that have the most issues. And the people that you think have the most issues have the least issues. The point is that everybody has something. There's nobody that I've ever met in life that didn't have some some peckle that they're carrying, something that that they're dealing with, an issue, a problem, a crisis. In one form or another, everybody has it. Now, find out you don't have to worry about the whole yeshiva. But just things that you know. Davin for other people. You know somebody in your community that's, that, that lost their job. Davan on Rosh Hashanah for that person. Because that person is going through Gehenna. They need money. They need to support their family. The busyness of not being able to have a job and coming home every day and not being able to uh, provide for your family and your children knowing that. You need. It's, it's a horrible thing. There's... there's very few things that are more humiliating. Davin for that person that they should find a job this year, soon. A person that needs a child, that needs a shidduch, that needs somebody older, single girls that are, that are desperate to find shidduchim. Davin for them. You could Davin for them b'chololius, or if you have a specific person in mind, Davin for that person. Person that has an issue with uh, health. We know people that aren't, that aren't healthy, that aren't well physically, mentally, something. Daven for them. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that you're taking out from your precious tefillahs for other people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees greatness. Hakarish Baruch Hu sees that you're so concerned, you're opening up your rachamim to others. You're giving of yourself for others. I'm going to give a me to you. I'm going to be pesach racham to you. I'm going to allow you to have all of your potential met this year. It's the greatest secret in the world on Rosh Hashanah to have compassion for other people. Sometimes you see Hatzalah people, you know, and they're, you feel bad for them, like I Nebuch, you know, they got a call on Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur and they're running and, and they're, Nebuch, they don't have the ability you know, to daven like a mensh, to sit with their kittel, with their talis, with their machler and you feel like Nebuch, like they have to be don't, don't feel bad for them. The rachamim that they're having for others, the fact that they're putting their machzer away so that they could save others, is the greatest chus that they could ever have in Shemaim. Akedushbaruchu says, "Wow, okay. What, what do you want? What do you need? I'm here." If we dive in for Hu, which is really the primary purpose of Rosh Hashanah, it's hard to see Akedushbaruchu as somebody that as a as a being that's that 's in any way lacking because he 's the kalyahu he 's the Ein Seif, and that 's true Hu has everything he doesn't need he doesn 't lack for wealth he 's the kaina he owns everything he doesn 't lack for power he has all the power there's one thing that Hu is missing, and that 's that his malchus is not here in the proper way we're we're but the malchus is like. It's it's a, it's only a faint glimmer of what it should be. Davin for Akedat cry, break your heart for Akedat that Mashiach is not here, and that his malchus is not in the proper place. And when we Davin, we have compassion, as it were, for the rabbanu shleilam. Hakadosh Baruch Hu will say, "You care about me so much. I'm going to start caring for you more than I ever have before." Mirza Hashem, this year Tavshin Pei Beis will be a, a year that's unlike any other year before. There's so much potential that we have, and I'm speaking specifically now in our yeshiva. We've had a, a rough couple of years lately because, of, primarily, because of COVID. You know, we had we were on Zoom. We were closed, and even when we were open, it was like we were working on a you know, with with half the guys in yeshiva, half the guys on Zoom, or, or or more than that on Zoom, and it was it was good, it was good, but it wasn't our potential. And finally, Akrish Shemarchu has given us this tremendous bracha this year of having not just the kamus, not just Baruch Hashem, a packed base medrash, but a base medrash that's really full of bnei taira, full of bnei aliyah. And the more that I speak to guys, the more that I'm you know so impressed i just keep going over to everybody that i meet saying you know this is an amazing group this year i never saw a guy we, we we haven't had you know such talmidim in a long time of so many and of such caliber and don't disappoint me don't disappoint me and don't disappoint yourself forget about me Whatever you're doing now in, the, in these days and this is a great first week but it's only the first week. We don't measure success by the first week. First week is good but we're all in our best behavior. We're all coming for davening. It's, you know, uh, first Seder we want to get our seats and make sure that we're muhzak in the seats or whatever. What's going to be in a month from now? How's davening going to look? How's first Seder going to look? How is Shirk going to look? How are the Vads going to look? How is... How's the Shemuz going to look? How's Shabbos going to look? How's are going to look? That's what we measure success by. We're all fired up. Let's not lose that fire. But all the potential for what we are personally and what we are as Yeshiva is all being decided on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a day that we have to daven like no other. Be Hashem. We're We're standing in front of Hashem. All of us, our whole minds, our whole hearts, our whole nefesh, has to be focused on what this year holds. It's going to be an amazing year, mitzvah Hashem. Hopefully, COVID will recede. We'll be able to be back to normal. We'll be able to have our our normal shurim our normal davening, our normal minyanim, our normal life back. Simchas, everything back to normal, hopefully. But it's all being decided Rosh Hashanah. You know, we see how how fragile everything is. We see in Eretz Yisrael a tremendous spike in COVID from nothing. They were doing the best, and all of a sudden they're doing the worst. You know why? Because not because you know they, they dropped the ball, the prime minister and the you know vaccinations and Pfizer or whatever. That's not. There's nothing to do with that. It's all having to do with the rabbi Shlaim deciding. Did we get the, the lessons of COVID? Did we, did we improve ourselves? Did we change at all? Did we do tshuva at all? Or are we the same person as we were before COVID, just like, you know, with more stories to tell? HaKrishvach <laughs> was looking at Eric Yisrael and he's looking at all of us and he's saying... Did you take the lesson to heart? Did you take whatever you could from bidud and social distancing and sh- shutting the shuls and shutting the yeshivas? Did that have a reishim on you? Did you do tshuva at all from that? What are you bringing into the yom nairam from that? All the people that died and all the people that lost their jobs and all the people that were sick and all the people that weren't able to, 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 to have simchas normally. People that weren't able to sit shiva normally, rachmanu did you learn a thing from it? Did I learn a thing from it? What happened? Did we change for the better? All of that is being decided at this Rosh Hashanah. And if we're able to understand that and able to go into Rosh Hashanah with our eyes wide open to the perils that could be and the blessings that Amir Tzai Hashem will be, then will Amir Tzai Hashem have a wonderful Rosh Hashanah? We'll have a wonderful Tav Shem Pei Beis. will be a year like no other. We'll have... Steiging in yeshiva will have an amazing time in yeshiva, Chavrusas, Shiurim, Tishin, yom Yamteivim, everything will be amazing. Our personal lives, our family lives, Klal Yisrael, everything will be never better. But make sure this Rosh Hashanah to daven and to cry and to connect to the bari have compassion on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, have compassion on your friends on your family on your neighbors and the um, Mitzvah Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be able this year to bestow all the brachas all the brachas HaMetzuyus Batayro all that we've lained in the in the Parshas that we've that we're in the Shavta HaShem Lekecha if you do Tshuva before HaKadosh Baruch Hu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us unending brachas unending goodness And in tzah Hashem, we should be zeched to a wonderful new year.